Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. We definitely did not learn everything we needed to know about kindness when we were in kindergarten. It requires far more discernment, strength, and grace than most of us realize. And it's more beautiful and life-changing than a five-year-old can grasp. Sarah Beagles and Lori Soltemeyer stopped by to chat with me about what they've learned and what they love about kindness. We think you'll be challenged and inspired by this conversation. Hi, welcome. I'm Kathy, and I'm here with Sarah and Lori, and we are excited to talk about kindness today. Sarah and Lori have both been at Christ Chapel a long time. They've actually been in the area a long time and are treasured members of Christ Chapel. I've gotten to know them, and they have been a blessing to our church for a long time. And today, we, as I said, are going to talk about kindness. And before we do that, we love to take a minute just to get to know everyone. And so I'd like to start with a question. Sarah, what is something, a little something, that has brought you joy lately? Uh, It may sound silly to say this, but I was thinking about this, and something that's really just brought me joy is my dog. (laughs) That's not silly. And well, it just kind of sounds silly, but uh, she's a puppy and she's what nine months old. And she's the first dog that I've had of my own. You know, my roommates have had dogs. You know, my husband has his dog that he's had for 10 years. But this is Sarah's dog. But this is my dog. (laughs) And People say like, oh, they just have the most unconditional love and you come home and they just love you so much and typical golden retriever. But yes, she just comes home and she's so excited. And no matter how bad my day might have been, she just is so happy to see me. And it just, it really does give me joy every single day. And lately I've just been especially thankful for her now that she's like growing up and becoming more mature. (laughs) Slowly, very slowly, becoming more not of a, eating as an many adult. things. Around I the mean, house. she still does that, but um, just being more obedient and listening and all that. But she brings me joy. That makes me smile. Yeah, <laughs> Lori, what's a little something that's brought you joy lately? Well, that certainly doesn't sound silly to me, since my husband's a veterinarian and oh, dogs do. They bring so much joy, so yeah. I certainly get that. And my three laps bring me joy, but. Um, you know, my husband was injured several years ago, probably years ago, um, high school football, all kinds of injuries. And he um, has had knee problems pretty significantly for the past five years. And finally, this past Jan- January year ago, he had a knee replacement. So we've been walking every night for a mile and a half. And I, it just brings me so much joy that he can walk a mile and a half now instead of like to the end of the block and say, oh, I can't go anymore. Mm. And I think it brings him a lot of joy, too, that... You know, we can spend the time together and walk. And so I'm just really thankful for modern medicine and knee replacements and dogs. (laughs) The gift of a walk. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Well, as I said, we are going to talk about kindness. And I know there's a sense in which when we think about kindness, we can think it's pretty simple or go back to kindergarten or preschool when the teacher tells you, be kind and share. And it's something that, in a sense, we've known forever. And it's 
very popular. Lori, you were talking about driving in this morning and seeing a billboard that talked about kindness. So I think it's a popular thought. And yet I still think we all look around and see a lot of unkindness. And frankly, there are plenty of times I'm not kind as well. And so it makes me think kindness must be trickier than it felt or seemed to our kindergarten teacher. (laughs) Kindness is either harder than we think it is, or maybe how we define kindness or how one person defines kindness might be different than how someone else defines kindness. So I'm thinking and hoping that our conversation won't just feel like a kindergarten teacher saying, be kind. But I think you two have a lot of wisdom for us delving into the difficulty of figuring out what kindness looks like and actually living it out. And so I'd love maybe for you to share or start by sharing, where did you first notice or observe kindness or where are some people or seasons in your life where you did that? And what did that look like? And how did that impact you? You know, I think your kindergarten teacher can tell you to be kind, but if you're not living it and seeing it on a day-to-day basis, it doesn't affect you mm-hmm. the same. And I saw that um, early on in my life. My dad modeled that kindness in such an incredible way. He, um, His dad died when he was very young, and he was raised. This was in the 40s. Um, life wasn't easy for a lot of people in, in the 40s in our country, and he was being raised by his grandmother and his mother, and um, they really struggled, and there were some men that came in and out of his life that abused him. But, you know, because of, of the Lord transforming his heart, mm-hmm. um, he became, instead of being angry and upset about the the life he had, he, he was filled with kindness, and um, it was just always amazing to look at him and see that, um, but it became a foundation of faith for our family because he was just always so kind. And and we had significant challenges like many families do. And my mom had some significant challenges um, with her health. And I remember during those times just watching him. And he didn't lose his temper. He was never unkind. He was always just had a heart of grace for everyone around us. And it just imprints you. You just, the kindness of, of Jesus that he had really leads you um, to a life of remembering that. So I just... I think it's when you see it and it's modeled like that, it really does um, affect you. Yeah, and I think as you grow older as a child and every year you age, you see the imperfections of not only life but of your parents. And when you're young, you're like, oh, my mom and my dad, they're just perfect. They can't do anything wrong. And then, you know, you open your your eyes are opened to um, – how no one's perfect, but also the struggles that they deal with on a daily basis. And I can really relate to that and just how life is not always easy or being like my mom, she always worked and she always either had a part-time job and then eventually a full-time job as we got older and how she always just kept it together. And sometimes, of course, you know, moms are moms and uh, they just get frustrated with all their kids. But she just did such a great job of maintaining her composure and being kind to us kids and just to me. And I always just felt so loved by her. And my dad sacrificed so much in order for us to just have, you know, just a good education and uh, him being present at soccer games and all of that. And that's kindness. That's just a lot of, that requires a lot of strength in order to give up either personal comforts or your own time or your own 
money. Parents know that, right? <laughs> uh, but we never doubted that as kids. And just the older you get, the more, the more you see it for sure. Mm-hmm. And it inspires me one day when I am a parent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. If I can just be half as good as you guys, yeah. that would be fantastic. <laughs> what a gift that you saw that on such a regular basis, because I think for better or worse, sometimes we see our family as they are. You know, I might can fake kindness for an hour at a meeting, <laughs> but over and over again as a lifestyle at home, I think, like Sarah, you use the word strength, and hopefully we'll get into later where that strength can come from to empower us to do that because like you said, I don't think it's easy. No. And yet you saw them, both of you saw that in your home. I think that's a real gift. Like I said, I hoped that we would talk about kindness in a way that feels um, not just surface, but real and dig into some of the issues that make it challenging. And I think one of the things that makes it challenging is sometimes we can unintentionally view kindness from the perspective of giving people everything they want. And I don't think that that is what kindness is when our three-year-old child or nephew or niece or neighbor or person we're babysitting says, hey, can I go play with this ball in the middle of the highway? The kind thing is to say no. And as a caregiver, you know that being a pushover doesn't necessarily communicate kindness. And I think you've both also been in the workplace. Laura, you were a business manager for a vet clinic. I know that, Sarah, you've worked in marketing and event planning at Fossil and the Alzheimer's Association and the Wilson Group and now at Dickey's. And being a pushover is not what kindness is. But I think we need to talk a little bit about that because I think that is difficult to discern what is kind and how do you Mm -hmm. have the strength at times to say yes and at times to say no. Mm -hmm. So, Sierra, tell me what your thoughts are about that. (laughs) Well, it's something I've struggled with my whole life. Um, Remember when I said I loved my golden retriever (laughs) a lot? (laughs) Goldens are like the most submissive, just... Easy. Love me. Yes, that's what I love about her, but also a struggle of mine because... You know, you got to have a good, healthy boundary with just relationships every day, especially at the workplace. You got to have self-respect and know that just things need to be done a certain way and you can't just roll over for everyone. Um, but it's it's tough. And as I've just matured in life and developed in my faith, um, it, it doesn't always mean just saying yes to everything or yes, of course I can do that. But, um, just I've, I've prayed a lot about those things. And I think convictions brought on by the Holy spirit every day, like waking up knowing, okay, Lord, what do you have in store for me today? I think that's imperative because if I just idolize people pleasing, Mm -hmm. or if I idolize, keeping peace instead of making peace, big difference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can idolize that and it doesn't get you anywhere. You don't grow. You just kind of become, um, I don't know, you're just idolizing it and it's not, it's not good for your own growth. And so I've, I've learned a lot of lessons in that respect and it's just helpful to have that attitude every day. What did you just say there was a difference between keeping peace and making peace? What do you mean by that? Um, Keeping peace can be avoiding difficult conversations, avoiding conflict at all costs. I'm really good at that. (laughs) Or I have been really good at that. 
But making peace is uh, healthily approaching conflict and just having those difficult conversations sometimes to either, you know, establish that healthy boundary with um, either a friendship or a work relationship or something to where, you know, like this, this is not a bad thing. Not all conflict is bad. You just kind of have to have this conversation in order to have a good future in this endeavor. Um, and that is a very healthy thing that is not wrong. <laughs> and I would say I appreciate you talking about or using the word healthy because I do think when your goal is healthy, mm-hmm. we would say having a healthy relationship is kind and good and having an unhealthy relationship is bad. And yet sometimes when we just want to say, oh, it's fine or it's okay, there's that appearance of kindness. But if it's leading to an unhealthy relationship, right. then that seeming oh, it's fine, isn't really kindness no. <laughs> because you're fostering an unhealthy relationship versus stepping into a conversation or a situation and having a hard conversation in a kind way. Right. But to move you toward a, he- a healthy relationship, I would say that's a demonstration of kindness that in the moment might feel tricky or hard, but is actually mm-hmm. a kindness. Uh, you're working for something good versus just accepting something unhealthy. Right. And like you said, the delivery is very important. And just being, you can be nice about these things, but you can be firm. You can communicate (laughs) about hard things in a kind way. Yes. Yeah. And again, just throughout life, that has been one of the biggest challenges for me and my personality, uh, But if you put in the work, you can learn a lot and just let the Lord lead you in that way. Lori, what are your thoughts about this, about kindness being different than being a pushover or just saying yes to make someone happy? Well, I had to learn that the hard way. Um, it, It is a struggle, and I think you do have to have a lot of discernment sometimes because I have the same personality that will say, oh, it's fine, it's okay, until I get in myself in a situation like I did several years ago where I picked someone up on the way home from Bible study at night and didn't realize that 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 person was not well and it was a harmful situation, and I had to drop them off on the side of the road and get them out of my car. And and I at the time, I didn't say, you know, should I pick that person up? No, I just did it. And I think the Lord really wants us to grow in discernment as far as being kind. We're not supposed to be pushovers, and we're not supposed to pick everybody up off the side of the road and help everybody who appears before us um, because we want to be kind, and we do want to be people pleasers. I think we we really have to just, you know, really say, okay, God, is this— is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is it not what I'm supposed to be doing? Should I have this conversation? Um, do I need to really? T- how do I need to approach this conversation? Um, you just you you want it to be with His wisdom and His guidance, rather than you just barreling out to be a people pleaser and be nice. Hmm. I think you've talked about having hard conversations as a means of kindness, and I think that one of the things that is incredibly important is. I was thinking about how in Romans, I think it's chapter two, where it says it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. And I think that kindness leading to repentance might be a new thought for some or a way in which God calls us to maybe think differently than the world, because there's a thought out there of just follow your heart, it will make you happy. And 
there can be a perception that if we would say something that might cause someone to question something their heart seems to be leading them in, then that would be rude and unkind. And yet, I think that the gospel calls us to do something different, or at least God has graciously done something different in my life, because there were times that my heart was leading me in a bad path. And I thought it was going to be great, and it was not going to lead me to happiness. And so repentance and turning from what I was doing and turning back to God and His ways was without question the kindest thing that could have happened to me. And yet that is a different thought than we may hear in a way that God may call us to or does call us to live out kindness that feels different than how someone that put a billboard up that says, be kind, might define it differently. So Lori, would you talk for a minute about how kindness leading us to repentance is a gift and how we can live and model that? Well, I thought about that when I thought about Jesus approaching the woman at the well um, in John, because I thought, you know, here she is, an outcast. She's a Samaritan. She's a woman, a culture that doesn't value women. And Jesus could have just walked up and said, hey, you know, I know who you are. You know, I know how many husbands you've had. I know what your life is like. But he just said, you know, can I have a cup of water? And she said, you know that I'm a Samaritan. We're not friends. And I think she immediately sensed, okay, he's, he's different. Mm-hmm. So there's something here. And, 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 you know, and I think his kindness towards her. And, and he said, I know about you. I know all about you, but I, I want, I want you to have a life of repentance and salvation. And I have the answer. I have the living water here. And I think if he had confronted her with, well, you know, here's all that I know about you initially, rather than just with kindness, you know, she would have never, she would have taken off. But, she, you know, she sat because she knew he was different. And I thought, you know, that's that's what the world's calling us to, is to reach out to them in our kindness from him rather than to judge them and say, well, I don't know about this situation. Or, you know, in confronting someone, you don't want to just say, well, what's the deal? Why'd you do that? You know, we need to come to them with the kindness of Jesus and mm-hmm. and just reach out to them with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sarah, what do you think about that? Yeah, and um, it just, I'm thinking back about how much strength it takes to be kind and how as humans, it's, we can always find an excuse to be unkind to someone and it's just not always the easy thing to do. Um, And leading to repentance, I mean, people have done that for me and it's always difficult and I'm thinking of how hard that must have been to just confront someone in general, but how edifying and how uh, good it was for me to have like a fork in the road, if you will, and be like, okay, well, I can keep going this way and following my heart, or I can just be corrected and steered in a direction that is uh, Christ-like. And just, again, like without judgment or anything, um, the delivery would have been good, but hey, this is, this is the right way to live. And it's just a very unpopular worldview right now, or, opin- or yeah, it's a very unpopular opinion and thought in popular culture today. So mm-hmm. you see the billboard, and 
I get my coffee at Dutch Bros where it's just <laughs> all about kindness. <laughs> and they're very kind there, extremely kind, very happy people. But I'm like, okay, but I'm getting coffee right now. But when I go home to my husband, when I'm with my coworkers, when I'm with my family, that's when the real strength uh, occurs and having those hard conversations. And uh, one of my best friends who I met through um, a previous job, she said she had grown up in church and um, I knew that there was a seed there that was growing, and but she just wasn't living in that path uh, currently or at that time. And so I just invited her to church and would have those spiritual conversations with her about God and just weaving God into our conversations. And, you know, and in retrospect, I just am thinking, yes, that's what we need to do for each other. Just weave it in there. There's no judgment here, but just here is truth. This is what God does to us, and He brings us conviction through His Holy Spirit. And, you know, she started she turned <laughs> and it was great wow. to see that. And she started going to church and um, broke up with her boyfriend, all that jazz, just got rid of all of that and then turned a new leaf. And uh, God did that, right? He uses us as vessels, but he, he brought her to her knees in repentance. And it's just our job to just kind of help be that instrument, but with kindness mm-hmm. and, not just, oh, you're fine. You're living your life. Maybe you're unhappy sometimes, but no, like this is, you got to turn. You got to be, yeah, (laughs) you got to face that direction. And sometimes it's tough. And I think both of your stories really illustrate, you know, Lori, you were talking about the woman at the well, like Jesus knew her, you know, Mm -hmm. but yet stayed and Mm -hmm. loved her and walked with her and told her the truth and offered her an opportunity to change. And Sarah, mm-hmm. like you talked about, just you knew some of the things she was struggling with and yet you stayed mm-hmm. and loved her instead of just your terrible go away. And I think about how kind the Lord still is to me to step in and say, Kathy, I know you. I know your strengths, your weaknesses, where you're struggling, where you're sinning. And I know you, I love you. It's not a question of, do I love you? It's how can I, in my kindness, push you to something Mm -hmm. better? Mm -hmm. And I want to be that person that does that in the most kind way, but not in a way that just allows myself or someone else to continue down a path that isn't good. And I think that is a key to living a kind life as a believer versus the kind, maybe the definition that Dutch bros would have, which I've never been to Dutch bros. Maybe that is it's a bad thing. It's great coffee, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the kindness is their thing. Oh, it's yeah. like their mantra. Yeah. Yes. And I've paid attention to that. Hey, and that's a great reminder too. It is. There are many things they do that are kind. Yes. We've mentioned it more than once. This kind of kindness requires discernment and it requires a strength and a power that I personally can't just muster up on my own. So where do you get the power from that? How do you see God empowering you to do that? Um, well, the fruit of the Spirit. 
<laughs> the spirit is the a spirit. great help, is this, isn't he? Yes, yes, it is. Because like I said earlier, you wake up every morning and you can make certain decisions throughout your day and you either go where your heart leads you or you let the Lord, the Holy Spirit steer you in a certain direction. And that's where the power of conviction comes into play. And one thing I heard in a sermon many moons ago, several years, it might have been 10 years ago, it was how you don't necessarily excel in one fruit of the Spirit. They're all, it's a level playing field. They all are either weak or strong. Uh, They're all the same. And it's just interesting to me because they're all very woven together and just you have your patience, you have your love and uh, you know, you could go through the whole list, but thinking about how they're all intertwined. And that's definitely how I feel empowered to make these decisions whenever it's just, you can feel your blood pressure rising and, oh, I don't want to be kind to this person. Mm-hmm. My flesh says, you do not deserve this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you you have that internal monologue or just a prayer and like, Lord, you got to help me through this because I physically can't do it. Or thinking about people like Corey Ten Boom. You know how I love Corey. Tell her story real quick. <laughs> well, just, you know, Holocaust survivor and... Uh, just a believer throughout the entire thing. Read The Hiding Place if you haven't in a while or if you've never read mm-hmm. <laughs> read it because it's just a great book. Mm-hmm. But uh, her and her sister just going through concentration camps and, and everything, it's just the power of forgiveness. And Corey would just be filled with just anger and hatred, you know, seeing uh, Nazis or people and just treating them so horribly and her sister in particular, Betsy. And Betsy would just say, no, you have to forgive them. You have to, this is what Jesus would do. You have to be kind. And years later, uh, Betsy eventually dies, um, in the camp, but Corey survives and she encounters the Nazi that was so cruel. Like it was just a very vivid memory. And she he goes to shake her hand, and he doesn't know who she is, but she, she like, physically could not do it. And then she just, it, you know, it was one of those things where the Holy Spirit just kind of moved her hand forward, and she was able to make that interaction, and she just said, there's nothing in me that could do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. So it's the power of the Holy Spirit and just, again, the fruit of how all of that manifests itself, and uh, love and kindness and peace, they're all one and the same. Lori, how do you see that flesh out in your life, that power of the Holy Spirit through the scriptures and through God equipping you? How does that empower you? You know, I was thinking about that the other day. I was at my daughter's and her daughter had done this basket at preschool. It was up on the refrigerator, and she had all the fruits of the Spirit in it, and there was kindness sitting at the top. And um, I was just reminding, it was just a reminder to me that, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I make a concentrated effort to reach for my phone and read a scripture in the morning to kind of, you know, to get myself centered in, on the Lord. Because if I'm not living with Him, if I'm not abiding with Him and remembering what he, how he wants me to live. Uh, there's choices like being kind that that are they're going to be real hard, 
And if I'm not living in his strength and with him, I'm not going to make those choices. And, you know, it, it truly is. It has to be him. And those all those little things in the basket, for them to all be in that basket, patience, kindness, goodness, all those things, it has to be um, something that I am constantly seeking and wanting it to be because it's just, uh, you know, the other part of my nature will just not be kind. I really appreciate you both being honest about the difficulty because because it does appear to be something that we learned in kindergarten for lack of a better phrase and something we see on billboards learn. It's almost this implication that it's easy. Anyone can do it. And while that's true in a sense, I think what we are talking about, it's not easy and Mm -hmm. anyone can't do it. And we need Christ and we need his help to at least demonstrate the type of kindness that he is calling us as believers to and the fruit of the spirit. I think if you are not quite sure exactly what that is. It's in Galatians 5, and it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And all of those things are individually great, but really designed to be used collectively or as a part Mm -hmm. of the fruit of the Spirit and really is key to our ability to live out kindness I also feel like I need to go back to Sarah. You alluded to this a minute ago, and I've even heard you say before that forgiveness is one of the most powerful ways we can exhibit kindness. And Mm -hmm. you just kind of referenced that with Tori Ten Boom. But why did you say that? And how do we do that? Well, yeah, that's the million dollar question. How do we do that? Uh, Through the Lord. I. I feel like a lot of us can see throughout our family lineage too, people here and there who uh, have maybe harbored some bitterness and anger and just from things of the past because absolutely no family is perfect and just circumstances throughout history have made life very difficult and it can just manifest itself through family dynamics and people can just hang on to that. And even as a kid, you see it. And just why? Why? And it's very tough to do that with your own abilities and without consistent prayer or just surrender, because that's basically what Christian being a Christian is all about, is surrendering your self, you know, dying to self and just letting the Lord take over. And without that, life can be pretty difficult. But And granted, things can go really wrong. People can do really bad things to each other or to you. And people don't deserve, quote unquote, (laughs) that. No one deserves anything, right? We're all sinful people. But the fact that Jesus forgave us and the fact that we we didn't deserve that. But the more you understand and the more you remind yourself, hey, I never deserved that, but Christ died for me. Mm-hmm. That means I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do this for that person, even though they did X, Y, or Z, deplorable things, mm-hmm. whatever. Like it, it is possible. It might be the hardest thing you ever do, right? But letting go of all of that, I forget statistics or there's a quote I about I should have written it down but I didn't think of it until now mm-hmm. but how 
not being able to forgive and holding on to that can it's it's really bad for your health and just physically it can kind of be a poison to your own body your spirit and physically your body so even medicine it's just you got to let this go mm-hmm. um but how awesome is it that there is a way out and that we don't have to harbor it harbor it mm-hmm. but letting the lord do that work within you mm-hmm. i mean it's it's very kind <laughs> full circle it is a very kind thing to do but it's very difficult yeah i think I think you don't really understand the power of forgiveness until you get older and realize how much you haven't forgiven. Mm-hmm. And as God works in your heart and you and you come up on situations and and as Sarah said, family sometimes is is where you see it the most. You see people that haven't forgiven each other and and um, you just realize, wow, you know, have I really forgiven that person? Have I have I yeah, they hurt me, but have I really forgiven them? Hmm, maybe not. And I think we have to search our hearts a lot to, you know, to remind ourselves. It, it is. It's hard, but it's important for us to be able to let those things go and move on and do what God's called us to do if we're still harboring resentment or other in, our, in areas of our heart that we don't even realize. It's important to go back and kind of look at those. It's such a powerful thought. I mean, Sarah, when you use that imagery of full circle, not that this is exactly what you meant, but how... Jesus is kind to call us to forgiveness, mm-hmm. meaning it's kind, it demonstrates kindness to the other person, but also it's his kindness to us that he wants us to forgive yeah. about how we don't have to carry that. And Laura, you even talking about or thinking about the freedom and joy you can experience when you do forgive mm-hmm. and just God's grace to point that out and say, I want more, I have more for you in this. And so it's just kindness is challenging and yet it's a way we represent Christ, but also when we act with kindness, it may be difficult in a sense, but yet how good it can also be for us when we live kindly. Mm-hmm. I think it's in really, I mean, that's, the blessing of walking in obedience, not implying it's easy, but the gift that it is to us when we do that is really transformative. I know that there are a thousand more thoughts we could have on kindness, and it is very simple and it is very profound, perhaps both at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so, Sarah, do you have any other thoughts or a final encouragement about how kindness has been significant or encouraging to you? Well, just that it's a daily decision and how, you know, it, it's encouraging in the fact that there's always another chance to be kind. Mm-hmm. There will be plenty of opportunities, but just seeing how the Lord is so kind to us and has done so much for us and that there's always grace and mercy involved with just being kind um, and that you have the ability every day to wake up and make those decisions to be kind, no matter how easy. Some days it's easy, some days it's hard. Mm-hmm. But new mercies every day. <laughs> yes. Thankfully. Yeah. You know, I remember in, when I was in college, it was all about me. My dad said, Lord, I just need you to remember something. He said, you know, Luke 9.23 says, you have to take up your cross daily and deny yourself. And just like Sarah said, it's a daily decision to be kind. 
and um, it and it has eternal consequences and purposes. And I I thought about that um, when my mom was as in the last several years of her life. She had fifteen doctors, and every time I turned around, we were driving somewhere else to go to another doctor. And one day I um, missed my workout because we had to go. To, I was banging my head on the steering wheel, going, "I cannot believe I missed my workout because we need to go to this doctor, and I'm just about to lose my mind here." And you know, I didn't know she, she was going to die in two years. And, you know, the time I had with her was so significant at that point, and it was eternal. And I think we have to remember that we just, that God, that's what God calls us to do, to take up our cross, to deny ourselves, and look for what he, where He's calling us to be kind. There's eternal, you know, there's eternal circumstances in so many of those situations that, that we need to really be willing to say, okay, I, I, need, I need to do this. This is what He's calling me to do. And I love that imagery of just God calling you to be kind was also giving you the gift of relationship. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we do those kind things, the relationship that can develop and the gift we can receive, if we take that first step, and sometimes it's not the first step, it's the 20th step yeah. of kindness, the gift of that relationship that can develop. And Lori, I also popped to mind something I've heard you say before or talk about before was just how... Uh, in business or in the workplace and really in life in general, that the power of listening and how that gift of kindness can really help a relationship or help a situation, even if the answer is no, even if you can't do what the person wants you to do, if you've bothered to listen, that sometimes that kindness of just listening and how that benefits the situation, even if you have to not be a pushover and you have to say no, or you have to deliver bad news and that gift of listening and perhaps seeing things from the other person's side Mm -hmm. can really be a powerful tool in kindness. And how patient is that too? (laughs) Right? Going back to fruits, that's Mm -hmm. a patient or that's a fruit of the spirit, but Listening can require some patience sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of patience Mm -hmm. sometimes. And again, I am so grateful for you too and how you model and live out kindness and really grateful of how the Lord, frankly, is kind with all of us and patient and loving and gentle and how He, all that fruit of the Spirit is who He is and how He demonstrates that to us is such a gift to us and a gift to us that we get to give away and how when we give it away, even though it's hard, the blessing that we can see and the work that we can see the Father do when we live out kindness, it is difficult and it at times does look different than the person that wrote the billboard might want it to look like, but how God's kindness is so much better than any other kind of kindness. And thanks for being here today to talk about it. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Let me pray. Lord, you are kind to us. You are kind in your gifts of grace. You are kind in the grace of calling us to live differently, to live truth, so that we can experience, frankly, a better life and a joy in you that we can't get any other way. 
kindness is hard. And part of me chuckles as I think about the three of us probably today, since we've talked about it, we're going to have some opportunities to be kind. And even as you listening, you've listened to this, my guess is that the Lord will give you some opportunities to be kind that might be challenging. So I pray that you would empower us to do it. Holy Spirit, show us, give us discernment of what the kind thing is and enable us to do it in a way that is full of the fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. For more episodes, be sure to follow Encouraged and Equipped.